0: Welcome to the Life Central Bikers Church Podcast. We trust that this message will speak into your life. You can have it all, Lord, our entire lives. And Father, as we stand as your church in front of you this morning, Father, our own lives, our own battles, our own misunderstandings we lay down before your throne this morning and we declare you are god and you can have it all lord in the name of jesus amen thank you church you can have a seat thank you band for a great job Uh, From my side, greetings from the Kalahari. Yes, I'm so glad it's starting to get warmer here in Gauteng. Yes, it was cold. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's getting nice and hot and, and welcome to everybody that I haven't personally greeted by hand this morning. So nice to see you all in church. Can I just see who grew up in a house where... Wait until I finish the question, but <laughs> who grew up in a house where either Ma or Oma baked you homemade bread? Let me let me let me see. Oh, look, man. Look, I, I wanna give you a hand. I I also grew up in a house where where Saturday mornings were special because mom got up early on a Saturday morning and by the time we woke up, we woke up to the smell of fat cook, and the, the went. Not that kind of brutenewen. <laughs> and I want to talk to you this morning about farm bread. And there's nothing nicer I know when we go to Stasi on the bikes, and they give you that groot, fat Plas and with a with a plus butter on it. That's that's so nice, guys. And you know, there's, a, there's such a huge difference between that bread that you buy from, from Uncle Sasko Sam and the, and the one that Omar baked in. And, and especially if you can bake it in that, you remember the welcome Dover, uh, the coal stove. Uh, that, that was the best, man. But there's a, there's a special ingredient, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about this morning. There's a special ingredient in, well, I, I guess everything that you bake, but especially in, in home, homemade bread, and that's yeast. Uh, I know nowadays you, you buy the yeast in the little, those little tinfoil packets, eh? the green ones or the, or the blue ones, and that's actually what makes the dough to rise, but in the house that I grew up, and you, you bunch of English people, you'll have to help me with the terminology if I get stuck here. Um, <clears throat> on a Thursday night, my mom used to take that canned fruit bottle that you see it on the screen there? That canned fruit bottle, she would used to take it out of the fridge, uh, and that was a potato yeast plant. And, and then she would take a fresh potato and peel it. And what is rasper in and Engels? Great. Great. She would use to grate a, a, a potato and, and, and put a freshly grated potato in that, in that bottle and add some sugar and some lukewarm water now. As a lighty, she asked me to do this once and I didn't quite understand the terminology, lukewarm water. So I boiled water. And and that apparently was detrimental to this little yeast plant of hers. And she had to go to the tunny next door and get a fresh yeast plant. And then she will take a canned fruit bottle and put it in a in a nice warm place, then the windowsill, there where the where the sun eats. And then on a Friday night, when she gets home from work, and say, "Brud, dir get And don't ask me to say that in English, okay? Uh, but she made this. She made this dough. Sorry, sorry, Deline. What's the word? She knead. Okay, but that's with the first, not with the knee. Hey? Okay. She she knead the dough. And then uh, she had a special blanket. I remember it. It was like a bluish blanket. And after she kneaded that dough, and it was in this, in this big erdeskotel, she used to cover it in the, in the blanket. And, then, and then, a, then a chemical process would take place in that dough. Now, I had to go and do some homework to discover what that chemical process is in pre- preparation for the sermon. You see, yeast, I discovered last week, is actually a fungus. It's something that's alive. And when you give it food to eat, like either the potato in the, in the, in the canned fruit bottle or the dough in the bread, well, it, it multiplies. And, and, and the chemical reaction that it gives off by eating, and I guess pooping in your bread, well, <laughs> that's, that's what makes this dough to rise. And then, and then on a Saturday morning, mom would, Take some of this dough and make us fed cook, and, and, and she would bake biscuit for us and the bread in the oven. And that was my childhood memories growing up here in Danville in Pretoria. Saturday morning was special. And we, had, we normally drank plastic coffee, Frisco. But, <laughs> but on, a, on, a, on a Saturday morning, it was rachte moor coffee. And, uh, and it was so nice. And it's a fond memory I have of of growing up. Now, now God used this example, this story that I just told you. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say something. Uh, yeast. If you take 20 billion fungus of yeast, it will make up one kilogram of yeast. So yeast is really small, just for interest's sake. But Jesus told the story. <clears throat> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, I've put the verse on the board there, but I'm going to start one chapter earlier in Matthew 15. So you know that, that Jesus and his disciples was well. They were always in trouble for doing the wrong thing. According to the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the time, the, the church people. And one day the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, Hey, you call yourself this great church leader, Rabbi, Rabbi Jesus, but why doesn't your disciples keep the law? And I, and I think Jesus went something like, What did they do this time again? Because they, they were always in trouble with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees said, well, they didn't keep the law, the church law, because they didn't wash their hands before they started eating. And that was the law of the time. And if you didn't keep the law, well, you weren't a good disciple of God. You didn't follow the law of God. So Jesus replied to them and he said, Oh, well, why don't you keep the law? Because with all these traditions that you're following, you actually don't know God. He said because the washing of your hands, it's got nothing to do with the fact whether God lives in your heart or not. And, and, and you might say, yeah, we just, it's, it's, it's not. We don't do it anymore. Well, those of you that uh, got men and gray hair like mine, you'll remember this. Remember when we were children, we also had a couple of these laws in church. Ladies, remember it was a big sin to go to church without a hat. It got nothing to do with your salvation, eh? And, and, and uh, for those that grew up in the AFM church, the AGS, brothers greeted each other with a kiss. Thank goodness we're not living in the I'd rather give you a hug, but I don't want to give you... Andre, I you not sing my mom.. <laughs> Those laws have nothing to do with your spirituality. And Can I tell you something? That There's a lot of you sitting in church right now that are such great people. Got such good Christian manners. Come to church. and uh, I've actually made a list on the next page. All those rules, and sometimes we still follow those rules, and we're we very good at Christians, straight on our way to hell because we know the rules. Yeah, we know the rules, yeah, but we've never met the rule-giver, the disciple, uh, the Pharisees in those years. They, they kept all the rules, but Jesus said, "You know what? If you knew my Father, you would know me. In other words, if my Father lived in your hearts," he said. "But it's because the devil is your father that you that you try and give everybody the rules to follow, because you've got nothing else to give. And I'm going to tell you what that nothing else is in a couple of minutes." The Pharisees of the time, and I know there's a lot of churches that still do this, not allowed to eat pork. And the Pharisees said to Jesus' disciples as well, "You must watch what you eat and, and, and even who you eat with, because you can't eat with sinners. You're going to go to hell if you eat with sinners. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. What you eat doesn't matter. And he explained it very nicely. He said, you take the food, you put it in your mouth, comes out the other end and it makes the plants grow. There's nothing holy about the process. It's not me that said it, it's written in the Bible. And who you eat with doesn't make you holy or not holy. In actual fact, Jesus said he didn't come for the holy people. He came for the for the scalamos. He came for the sinners. Because those are <laughs> maybe he came for the lot of people of you that's in church this morning. The guys that are maybe not so holy and came here with their rough letters on their bikes and he said, I came for you because I love you. The ones that are already saved, well, they don't need the doctor anymore, do they? Traditions in church, like the wearing of the hat. It's got nothing to do with your salvation and I know there's a lot of churches that's very rich in tradition and, and I love you for that. But whether you stand up when you pray or whether you sit down in church, the tradition of the church actually got nothing to do with your salvation. It's whether you know God. And like I said, a lot of us are very good-mannered, very nice people. We know how to behave in in a good Christian community. We even say long prayers, but can I tell you, we are religiously on our way to hell because we've never met God. And I know maybe some of you don't want to hear this, but Jesus told the story and he said, one day when you get to heaven, I'll tell you, but I'm sorry, I don't know you. And, and we'll say, but Lord, I went to church every Sunday and I, and I even laid my hands on the sick and I prayed for them and I, and I chased away the devil. Can I tell you something? It's going to mean nothing if you haven't met God. We could be sitting here today with a heck of a lot of good manners, walking the walk and talking the talk, but we've never met God. And and I'll tell you, you I must have been younger than five years old, I went to the AFM church in Pretoria West, and it was a service where the, where the pastor preached on giving your heart to God. And I said, they sat there as a youngster, wide-eyed, and I looked at the people, and I, I, and I looked at the people just breaking down and starting to cry in church. And some people even fell over. And, and as a youngster, I didn't understand it. But I listened to what the pastor was saying, and I heard that, if I don't meet the Savior called Jesus, I'm not going to make it to heaven. And that night, after the service was over, in my bed, there where I grew up, I said to the Lord, Lord, leave me, Jesus. I also want to meet you, please. I also want to experience you like those people did in church. But what would a four or five-year-old know about that? And you know, that night in my bed, I experienced the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was at the time. I just started crying, and, 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 but afterwards I knew my life will never be the same again. Because I didn't understand all the rules, but the rules didn't matter to God. What, he, what mattered to Him was, have I met Him? Let me carry on with my story. So after this encounter with the Pharisees, where, where Jesus said to them, maybe you know all the rules, but you definitely don't know my father, he was having a conversation with his disciples. And he asked his disciples, he said, hey guys, so who does the people say I am? And some of the disciples said, well, they say uh, you're Elijah from the Old Testament that came back and is now, and is now preaching to us. And others said, oh, well, other people say, You remember a while back, oh, John the Baptist, he was beheaded. And they say, you are John the Baptist, it came back. And then Jesus asked Peter, Simon Peter, Peter, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter looked Jesus straight in the eye and he said, you are the Messiah. You from, you from the genealogy of David. And you are the Messiah, and you came to save your people. And you know what? Jesus answered him, and he said, Peter, Simon Peter, blessed are you. Because you didn't pick this up from the rules. My Father in heaven, through the Holy Spirit, made this known to you. And I want to explain this again, because you need to understand this before I carry on with the sermon. Jesus never said, I'm the Messiah. Never in the Bible. I think he once hinted in that direction when he spoke to the woman at the well of Samaria. But never did he stand up publicly and say, I'm the Messiah that came to save you. He said, Peter, blessed are you. Because my Father in heaven, through the Holy Spirit, made this known in your heart. And with this knowledge, Simon Peter... On you, I will build my church. Because church, if you have this knowledge, if you have, have experienced the Holy Spirit, and He's made things known to you, without me standing here and preaching it from the pulpit, if you felt it in your heart, if you know you came face to face with the living God, Jesus carries on and He says, Peter, It is on that rock that I can build my church. And not even the forces of hell itself will be able to stand against people if they have this. If God in heaven has made known to them in their hearts through the Holy Spirit, that I'm the one who saves. And he says, Peter, if you know that I'm the Messiah, and you know how to give this recipe to people, he said, you will unlock Heaven for them. Now, I've known, I've, I know I've said, said a lot now, so let me, let me just back off and, and just explain it to you. People, if you are only religious in following the rules, I'm sorry to tell you, but my Bible says, he doesn't know you. You're not going to make it to heaven. But my Bible also says, if, if I can give you the recipe, if you can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he's the Messiah and he came to die on the cross and, and you experience the Holy Spirit, it becomes alive within you. You can also go and unlock heaven to the people around you. And he says, and, and if you don't want to believe it, if you want to keep on following the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and giving them rules, you're not gonna make it. It's like heaven is locked for you. You know, I'm so sorry, and and, and, and if I can just take time out from the rest of the audience here and just speak to the CMA presidents and the regional presidents here. If your chapter is just about keeping the rules, you're doing it wrong. I know we've got a constitution in the CMA and, and I honor that constitution. I live according to that. But that's not what the CMA is about. If you are a president and you can't give the Holy Spirit and the truth about the Messiah to your, to your chapter, you're not going to make it. And if we, as the CMA, that God called to give the, the gospel to the rest of the biking world, if we want to give them rules and tell them not to smoke and not to... And, and, and please don't do those things. But if that's what your ministry is about, you're missing the boat, Boots. We are there to take the word, this message of the gospel to the biking world out there and say, Jesus came to die for your sins and He loves you, but He loves you. I want to pray for you that you experience the Holy Spirit in your heart because they're not even the forces of hell will be able to stand against you. My brothers and sisters in God, do you go to the world and unlock heaven for them with this knowledge that God has given to you? Or will you go to them? Do you go to them and give them yeast? Yes, of rules. And the reason why some churches only give us rules and tradition is because they don't have the Holy Spirit to give. There's a song that goes, I can only imagine what it will be like when I stand in front of God. Will I be able to stand at all? Will I fall to my knees and pray? And just, wow, how great is this God? When Paul was on the way to Damascus, he experienced what Peter experienced here when he said, you are the son of God because your father in heaven told me. Paul experienced that, you know what? He couldn't stand. He fell down and, and, and he was blind for a couple of days after that when he stood in the presence of God. When when John that wrote the book of Revelations, when he came face to face with God, do you know what he said? He said, I felt like a little worm. I fell on my face and I covered my eyes because I could not stand in his presence. Let me tell you, if you're sitting here and you've been in the presence of God, man, you know it. There's no ways you can deny it. And if you haven't, oh man, I so would like to take you to that point. Now, do you know what? I'm, I'm not that kind of preacher that, that is so holy that if I wave my hand here, half of you falls over. I, I can't do that. But what I can do is I can preach to you the gospel and then pray with you that the Holy Spirit enters your heart. And you would know that you've had an experience with the living God and, and your life will never be the same. I would like to sp- explain this to you. Now, let me read this first. Luke 13 verse 20. He says, I don't want you to give the people the, the, the yeast of rules. I want you to give them a different kind of yeast. I want you to show them where to find the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And if you, if you do that, you will be like a different kind of yeast that penetrates the dough and make the church grow. And can I tell you, church, our church is not going to grow without the Holy Spirit if we just want to be a church or a a bike club or chapters that follow rules, we might as well leave it, man. We might as well go and join a church where the the Holy Spirit is present. Because that's the only thing that makes the bread of God grow. I want to explain this to you differently and I won't be long, but it's very important that you understand this. I want to explain something to you about marriage law. Now, as a pastor, it's my privilege to go to a lot of weddings. And I've been to a lot of wedding ceremonies because the women must also always do, that. He must pray over the food before they eat. <laughs> yes, I've done an excellent wedding. This, this couple in Kimberley a couple of weeks ago. Such wonderful people of God. But, but, but in all the weddings I've done, I sort of made out in my mind that there's, there's two types of weddings. Brides and bridegrooms. The, 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 fir- the first type is, you, know, you come there and you, you meet the groom and obviously the bride is still on her way and she's going to be five minutes or half an hour late. And, and you stand there and you chat with the, with the, with the groom and he's, and he's speaking to his best man. And then, and then I try and figure out, I wonder what kind of wedding this is going to be. then I start listening to the conversation and I, and I hear it's actually all about the party afterwards. And and, and and the and the rum party last night and now we saped. And I realised it's gonna be one of those weddings where everything is just gonna be about the marriage law. And you and and and, and 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 then I and then I test this. When the music starts to play and the, the doors at the back open and the and the bride comes down the aisle. Then I check the groom standing there in front, and he's a little bit nervous. And he's looking around. I wonder if he's maybe looking to see if his ex-girlfriend also joined the wedding. <laughs> and, he, and he's standing there, and he's looking around, and he doesn't really know what to do. Looking a bit sheepish. And then, and then the bride comes, comes through the doors, and our and eyes doesn't meet the groom. She's looking around at all the decorations, and, you know, did everybody do things the way she told him to do it, and, and she comes down the aisle and, 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 and she kisses her father. And then everything from there on is about the marriage laws. I promise that I will be faithful, I will hold myself from all other partners. I will do what a good Christian woman is supposed to do, and I will keep the law, and I'll love you even when you're handsome and sexy like you are today but also when you seek, And that's the wedding. And there's no love. Just about the rules. Maybe they like each other. And then you get a wedding like I did two Saturdays ago. I stand there in front of the, with the groom. I say, how's it, boot, Are you a little bit nervous? And he said, yes, I am. But you know what? I'm so ready for this. I've waited for this and... And she's going to come walking through those doors any minute. And, no, and normally that kind of wedding, he only has one best man, not seven standing there in a row. And then when the music starts to play and those doors open, the minute she comes in there, she doesn't look around. Her eyes go, where's his eyes? And they lock. And they lock eyes. And, and from the minute she walks into that, in those doors at the back until she comes to the front and... And she greets him. They only have eyes for each other. And you know what? Can I tell you something? Those people's wedding vows means nothing. There's only one vow that they mean. I promise to love you. Because with that vow, it encompasses everything else. You see, the law about I will be faithful and I won't and I will you know what, with the first hint of trouble, those laws go out the window, man. But when you're in love with the man and the woman you're standing with and you promise to love them, you'll do the rest in any case. And it's the same with keeping the law in church. Can I tell you something? The Ten Commandments. You know what Paul says about the Ten Commandments? They explain to you what's wrong. But when you're in love with Jesus Christ, and when you have a personal relation with him, you keep the Ten Commandments in any case. Not because you have to, because you're in love with your bridegroom. You keep them because you want to, because your relation is all about love, because you know what? You've met the key. So I want to end off with this. Is your relation with God all about religion? Is it all about keeping the rules and being a good person? Or have you actually met the Savior? And if you haven't, I want to ask you so much. Don't walk out of this church this morning before you have. You know what the Lord says? If you really want me, if you seek me, I will let myself be found. But if you're just happy to come to church once a month and follow all the rules of what a good Christian should, and you've never met your Savior, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you actually lost. Like I said, I'm not that pastor that asks people to stand up and I stretch out my hands and they fall over in the presence of God. I'm sorry, I can't do that. But what I can, I've spoken to you this morning, and you're saying, Joss, I want to meet this God. I, I want to be like, like, like John who wrote Revelation on the on the island of Patmos, when he, when he was in the presence of God. I, wanna, I want his, his awesome presence to overwhelm me. I'll pray for you. If you really want to meet Jesus, I'll stand up with you, and I'll say, Lord, will you please make yourself known to this person here? Lord, will your Holy Spirit be so present in his life that he or she would be able to stand against the forces of hell? (laughs) I always wonder, before I ask people to stand up and say, do you want to meet this God? Can I pray for you? Do you want to declare in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Well, you have the guts to stand up and do it. And, and then I just want to remind you that you know how much guts it took for Jesus to hang naked on a cross for you. He was not ashamed of you. I know in the pictures we always see the crucified Jesus with a little loincloth. No oh man, they crucified you naked. He hung there in shame for you because he loved you. And he says, the only thing I want in return is I want your, your life and your love. I want you to live for me and, and I'll make my Holy Spirit so present in your life that you'll experience me every day and all the decisions that you take, I'll be there for you. If you question me, or if you look for me, if you ask me a question, I will answer you. So if I've maybe spoken to you this morning, and, and maybe your religion up to now was just a religion, there was no relation. You also want to experience God on a level that you've never experienced Him before. Can I ask everybody to bow their heads, please? It's out of respect for the people that want to stand now. If you want to stand up and you say, Josh, will you please pray for me? I also want to experience God in this way. Don't you want to stand and I'll pray for you, please? I'm not not going to extend this very long. If you want to stand with me and stand in front of God, this is your chance this morning. He says, everybody, can I pray for us? Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you that you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross for us. Father, we believe this. and Father, we also declare that Lord, it's, it's a lot easier just to follow the rules. Make religion about just the following of the rules and, and not about you. But Lord, we also declare this morning that we absolutely believe and trust in you. And Father, we also want to experience you on that level where we, where we know through the knowledge of God that you are our Savior. And, 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 and Father, we also want to be able to give it to our families and to our friends and to the biking world out there. Father, will you please put your Holy Spirit in a fresh way, in a new way, in our hearts, that our everything will be on the altar for you. Lord, I give you my all. Father, let us experience you in this wonderful, in this new way, where not even the forces of hell can stand against us. Heavenly Father, I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may take your seats. We also have a baptism service this morning. There's people that said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if He commands me to be baptized, because I believe, and because I've given my life to Him, that's the only condition. Got people this morning that said, I want to follow Jesus through the water of the baptism. And if, and if maybe, if you came to realize this morning that, that I'm also lost, That that, that I also want to experience this Jesus. I also want him to be king and master of my life. There's one condition. You need to believe and you need to give your entire heart to him. And if you also want to be baptized this morning, you're more than welcome. You can come and join us. So if you want to stay behind, I'm going to end the service now you're more than welcome to come and see the baptism. May I ask our two baptism candidates to come forward, please? (laughs) (laughs) Look at the people. (laughs) Ladies, that you give your life to Jesus Christ. And do you want to follow him through the water of the baptism? then it's our absolute honor and pleasure to baptize you this morning. But, but you know what? This is not the end of the story, eh? because the scripture there in Matthew 28 carries on. It says, when somebody believes that I'm the Son of God, baptize them and teach them to follow all the rules and send them out to go and make disciples. So you've got a job after this. You have to go out and make disciples. Is there anybody else that would like to be baptized this morning? <clears throat> if you change your mind, the baptism pool is right here behind us. <clears throat> Dion, let me give you a word. Dion, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Is He your Father and your Savior? Do you want to follow Him to the water of baptism? That's the only condition. Welcome. Is there anybody else? <coughs> anybody else that wants to come forward? My sister, ek weet, ek in Jesus Christus. En it's ons Thank you, let's give her a hand. Congregation, I'm going to pray for them now. Will you extend your hands and assign a blessing to them? Your word says, when one sinner comes home, the angels rejoice. Father, I can just see in my spiritual eye this morning, this place full of angels, rejoicing that people are following you through the waters of baptism. I ask that today for, for these four people that are standing here and those that are going to come out afterwards, Father that you'll be with them, that your spirit will guide them through their lives, that they will experience you and that they will be protected. Even against the forces of hell. Because of your name. Because of what you have done for us on the cross. I now bless them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys. Um, you can put on something that can get wet. Can I, can I give you a PT short? Okay, I'll bring you a PT short. Uh, Pastor James is going to do uh, the baptism for us. I'll bring it to you in there. Uh, Hector, on my table, there's a talk back and there's a PT short in there, if you'll take it to that young man, please. And, and there's a towel in there as well. Thank you. We're just going to give them a couple of minutes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end in prayer now. Uh, if you want to stay, you're more than welcome. If you want to have coffee... You're also welcome to that. Do, do, to do that. Shall we bow our heads, please? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence, for your guidance, for just being in our lives. Father, I now pray for each and every brother and sister that you'll protect them through this week. For those of us on bikes, Father, keep us safe. Father, I also want to pray for marriages and relations as you're laying it on my heart now and ask that you bring a restoration where restoration is necessary. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Don't wait until Color Sunday until you come to church again. You welcome every Sunday. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> See you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Life Central Bikers Church podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at lifecentralchurch.org.za and get in touch.